We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. In World War II, we were desperately as a nation trying to find a way to communicate with one another without those codes and without those things being broken. When we, we try to send a message, the, the German uh, army would decode our message and the Japanese would decode our message. And we had this awful transition of time where you know, we were losing men and losing equipment and all those things because they were un- decoding our messages. And then a group of men came along. They were the Na- Na- Navajo Indian guys. They, they, they were called wind talkers. Wind talkers. And the Navajo language has never been written down. It's always been passed from generation to generation. Never was pinned down. And so as these Navajo young men, Navajo Indians began to give their way of the message, the Japanese began to be confused and the Germans began to be confused because none of them could understand this Navajo language and never heard it. And they, and they called them wind talkers. And I'm here to tell you today that we need some spirit walkers today. We, we need some spirit walkers. You know, the thing about walking in the spirit is there's a language in the spirit that the enemy can't understand. There's a language in the spirit that it can't decode or decipher. The devil can't understand it. He doesn't know where it's coming from. He can't gather information from it because it's spirit walking and so that that's my challenge to you the rest of this year let's be, be be spirit walkers walking in the spirit hallelujah praise god first peter chapter one god bless you thank you everyone for being here there's all kind of news out there but i want to just talk to you about some more good news some more good news first peter chapter one A little bit of lengthy reading, but let me read this. Verses 7 through 19. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom, having not seen, you love, and him, in whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory." Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Verse 12, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end of the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversations. Conversations there means lifestyles. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Verse 17, And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's works, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition of your fathers, 
but with the precious blood of God of Christ as a, of a lamb without blemish and without spot. James was getting more and more worried about his wife, Helen, because of the aggressive behavior she was having towards him. So he made an appointment and went to see the doctor. And came in, the doctor said, how can I help you? And what's your problem, James? And he said, well, I didn't really come for me. He said, it's about Helen, my wife. Every time I seem to get around her, she loses her temper so quickly for no apparent reason. And it's starting to scare me, and I just don't know how to handle this. And he said, don't worry, James, there's actually a, an easy cure for this kind of behavior. He said, whenever you think Helen is about to lose her temper, just take a drink of water. Don't swallow it. Swish it around in your mouth. Keep swishing it until Helen either calms down or leaves the room. Thanks, Doc. I'll, I'll, I'll do that as soon as I get home. He knew what was going to happen. A week later, he makes another appointment. He goes to see the doctor again. And so how is Helen's temper problem, he asked. And he said, man, this is unbelievable. Your cure actually worked. I've been swishing water around in my mouth every time Helen starts to get aggressive, and now she's almost normal. I can't thank you enough, but tell me, how can a plain glass of water work so well? The doctor said, well, the water did absolutely nothing. It's keeping your mouth shut. That was the solution. A lot of y'all saw that coming. I, could. Listen, I want to talk to you today in our reading about three precious things of Peter that are found in First and Second Peter. Three precious things that Peter found in First and Second Peter. What does the word precious mean? In the Greek, the word precious is to me us, and it means valuable, costly, honored, esteemed, beloved. So let's just look at three things that Peter mentions that are precious. Precious, they're costly to us. They should be esteemed by us. We should honor them. First Peter chapter 2 verses 4 through 7. Let's just flip over there because we're going to kind of flip back and forth between 1 Peter and 2 Peter. But let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 through 7. To whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture. Behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall be, not be confounded. Unto the, you therefore which believe, he is precious. But unto them which are, be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. Man, that, that, that says a lot. Jesus is the original the origin the origination he is all things salvation he is all things salvation he is the first stone laid in the building in salvation he's the cornerstone the chief cornerstone laid in the building of salvation he is a very unique and very rare stone in all of heaven in all of earth there's only one jesus christ in all of heaven, and all one Jesus Christ. There's only one lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. You see, they slew a lot of lambs. But there's only one lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world for the sin of all humanity. There's no other man, no angel, 
no creation in heaven and earth who would be qualified to be the Redeemer. How precious that is. Sometimes we forget just how precious Jesus Christ really is. Without Jesus Christ, no hope, no redemption, no salvation. What a precious thing. He's the stone on which all other stones are laid. When the chief cornerstone is laid in a building, that whole building then, if that chief cornerstone is the proper cornerstone, the whole building is laid and it's laid perfectly. You don't have the right cornerstone, the right chief cornerstone, the rest of the building is out of plumb. He's like an anchor. He, he stabilizes the entire structure of the church. You can totally trust Jesus. You can totally rely on him. He's never going to fail. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 19. For as much as ye that ye know that you were not redeemed with corruptible, that word corruptible means perishable, things as silver and gold, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Verse 19, but the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, that word spot means without defect. See, before our redemption, our lives were worthless. Some of us are waiting on redemption, but I'm here to tell you when you were born again, you were redeemed. Peter talks about how precious Jesus is because we don't have to wait till the end to be redeemed. He's, by His blood, we are now redeemed. We were worthless and empty. Now we're full. We're a whole. We've been, nothing else in this universe could have helped us besides the blood of the precious one, Jesus Christ. His blood's the only thing that can save us. Don't think there's anything else that can save you. It's only His blood. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. We understand the Scripture says that we're to be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of our sins. Listen, you, we've talked about it this morning. You, you can dunk me in there 15 times, and I can get wet 15 times. If I get dunked and I don't have the faith of the blood in Jesus Christ, nothing actually happens except I get wet. It's the faith that you have in the blood of Jesus. It's the faith you have in the blood. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And that precious blood, it's that faith that you have, understanding that, you know what? When I come out of here, I, there's a redemptive process in my life. There's a remission. The word remission is washing away. There's a redemptive process. You know, I, I came from a group that this was, you know, when you did this, this was just telling the rest of the church, I want to be able to vote when you vote in the church, and I want to be in fellowship with you. Well, that's fine and good, but there's no scripture for that. It sounds great, love it, but there's no Bible for that. But the Bible does say that when this happens and I'm baptized in his name, that when I come out of that watery grave, just as he came out of that grave, I'm now, I'm alive. There's a redemptive process. I once was lost, now I'm found. Blind, now I see. I was dead, now I'm alive. Redemption doesn't happen after this is over. Redemption starts here because of Jesus Christ. One drop, one drop of that precious blood was enough to cleanse the entire populace of humanity throughout all time of all sin. One drop. How precious, how precious that is. Only a sinless sacrifice could hold the value that is appropriated for redemption. It had to be a sinless one.
how precious Jesus Christ is. And, you know, we get so used to coming in. And, yes, we worship. And, yes, we fellowship. and all, But sometimes we, Peter said, this is precious to us. It's something that's valuable to us. The second thing Peter has said is there's a precious faith. A precious faith. Faith worth more than gold. If you look at verse 7 there, that, that the trial of your faith, your faith being much more precious than the gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. You know, gold is still considered a very highly prized commodity. Still today, this was written a couple of thousand years ago. Despite the ups and downs of the stock market and the stocks and bonds and all those things, gold still holds a benchmark. There are those that will tell you, don't put your money in gold, don't put your money in silver. But here's the, here's the deal. When it all comes down to it, gold still has a high value to it. And Peter said, you possess something. The faith that you possess is more valuable than any gold you could ever have. Yet Peter says that your faith being tried in the fire and found true is worth more than a worldwide commodity. Worth more than a worldwide commodity. All gold is going to eventually perish, isn't it? Someday this earth will be consumed with fire. You know what fire does to gold? Melts it down so that it can purify it. Melts it down so it can purify it. What does fire do to silver? Melts it down so it can purify all of these substances. Everything in the earth is going to be perishable, is perishable, and will perish in that final time when God bathes this earth in fire. Right now, He's bathing our faith in fire. So, so that... The things that need to perish in our life will perish and the glory and the praise will come forth at His coming. While the whole cataclysm of that fire that eats up this earth happens, your faith goes with you into eternity. You see, this world doesn't go with us into eternity. It has to be cleansed and changed. We messed it up. We brought sin into it. It was cursed of God. Now it has to be cleansed and changed for it to go into eternity. Can can I make... Did not upset you you're not going to a place way off in the sky in heaven that's not the that's not where we end up i john saw the holy city new jerusalem coming down he's going to cleanse this thing with fire so that we can get back to that garden here's the thing the garden that was then and the garden that's going to be totally different man there's number one there's going to be a lot more people in this garden There's going to be a lot more celebration in this garden. You see, Adam and Eve didn't have any celebration in the garden. All they wound up with was despair and rejection because of what they did. We get to celebrate in this new garden. We get to jump for joy and laugh and scream and yell and sing and glorify God in this new garden. It's going to be a different place. And that's because your faith, which is precious to God, is going to take you there. How precious faith is in him. Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Faith isn't something you're born with. 
the scripture says that it, to every man is given a measure. We're not born with it. It's something given to us. It's not natural. Faith is not natural to you and I. Faith is not natural to us. Faith has to be developed. And anything that you do, if you buy a new piece of machinery, the more you operate that new piece of machinery, the more faith you have in it. I remember when I bought my first zero-turn mower. Have you ever? You know, I'd been riding with the steering wheel. And so that zero-turn mower, you can push forward and back, side and spin. And I wasn't too confident in that thing. And I hit a couple of trees. But now I can spin that thing on a dime. Because I've become very confident. My faith in that thing has grown. And here's the thing you need to get about your faith in Jesus Christ. Not only does your faith in Him grow, but your faith in how you operate. Just like my faith in how I operate that mower. I can do just about anything I want to do with it. I can go buy a flower and cut a single blade of grass by that flower and never hit the flower. True. It's the faith that, listen, there's a faith, the precious faith that God wants you to have in Him that you can operate so close and so wonderfully that He wants you to be able to brush by that flower, cut that blade of grass, and never touch that flower. Have faith and confidence in what you have in Him. Faith is, is imputed to you through the Holy Ghost. It's, it's, it's one of a kind saving faith. Faith is imputed to you through the power of the Holy Ghost, and it's a one of a kind saving faith. Peter speaks of it as like precious faith, the same kind of faith the early church experienced. There are many types of faith being preached today. Let's be honest. There are many types of faith being preached today. The problem is they're not like precious faith. They're not precious faith. They're not honored and they're not revered. They're not valuable. There's, there's all kinds. And the problem with the faith that's being preached, preached today in a lot of places is it's a faith that won't save a person. It's a faith that'll give you riches. It's a faith that'll give you favor with people. It's a faith that'll give you whatever you think you need. It's a, that, that faith is being preached today. But the precious faith he's talking about here today is the faith in Jesus Christ that saves you. You've got to have faith in order to please him. Faith is built on, there's a faith today built on unsound doctrine. Unsound doctrine. What is doctrine? It's teaching. What is unsound? Meaning it's not sound. Can I give you a doctrine today that's unsound? Can I? I'm going to get, present to you today an unsound doctrine. The scripture says that when, when Judas realized what he had done, he went out and hung himself. But there's another scripture that Jesus says, Go ye therefore and do likewise. So Pastor Don is going to create an unsound doctrine here today. We all need to go out and hang ourselves. It's scripture, but you see it's unsound why? Because it's not based on full word. And a lot of the faith that's being preached today is not based on full word. It's like abundant life. You ever, you've heard burnt, abundant life preached. Abundant life. It's usually tied to money, material, things of this world, all those things. Have you ever looked where Jesus talks about the abundant life, what he's actually talking about? 
Abundant life has nothing to do with what you possess in this world. Everything you have to do to possess inside of you. Abundant life is spirit. There's more, there's more abundant life in Holy Ghost than there is in the entire world that exists. There's more abundant life in spirit than the entire world. Abundant life is about spirit. See, here's the thing. When you get abundant life in spirit, then God can bless you in abundant life in your, li- in your, in your world that you live in. God's not afraid of blessing you. God does, don't want to keep blessing from you. But he wants you to understand that's not abundant life. That's a residual from abundant life. And he wants you to have abundant life and have it all. He wants to give you everybody the abundant life you can hardly. If, he says, as a matter of fact, I'm going to give you so much it's going to pour out of your cup and spill over. That's how much I want you to have. That abundant life and spirit. But again, there's a faith being preached that, that the abundant life is something else. And the problem is it's not sound. Jesus said in Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom. Now, get this part of this. Haven't we done? They asked the question, haven't we done? And Jesus said, yes, you have. But depart from me because I never, I know what you did, but I never knew you. Because you, you, it, there's a foundation you're built on here that's not the foundation of faith. It's not the foundation of faith. It's, faith has to be built on Him and Him alone. And it has to be built on His abundance, His purpose, His way. Again, please, look, don't, don't misunderstand. God wants to bless us as His people. The world ought to look at the church and go, Whoa, I want to be like that. Spiritually first. Spiritually first. When the world can look at you and I as the church and say, man, I don't know what you have. I don't get it because they don't know what we have and they don't get it. But such as I have, I give I thee. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. You know, we need to be approaching the world that way. Listen, I know you don't understand what I have. And there's stuff that I have. that There's, there's things that I don't have that you want. But the things that I don't have that you want are just material. They mean nothing to you. But what I do have... Let me give it to you. You understand that, that they gave him such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus. See, we forget the things that God, there's abundant life in that. But see, that's where faith is connected to him. It's not an unsound or unfeigned faith. It's a faith that's precious. Why? Because it's valuable. What's more valuable to a human? To be healed of cancer or to buy a new car? What's more valuable to use a human to see your child raised up from the dead or to live in a particular neighborhood? What's more valuable to you? You see, there's a precious faith in our life that brings us to places the world doesn't even understand. And they look at us and say, man, what a bunch of nuts. I'm sleeping in on Sunday morning and I'm watching the game that comes on at 11. What a bunch of idiots. They're going down there and they're singing and they're talking to each other and they're raising their hands. and they're, It's because they don't understand what precious faith is really about. Peter said it's a precious faith. The third precious thing Peter writes about is precious promises. Precious promises. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding. What is it? I'm driving down the freeway. And the sign says 70, and I'm doing 85, and the policeman pulls over. You know what he says? You're exceeding the speed, the, the legal speed limit. This, there's a sign back there that says 70. Did you not get, did you not read? 
No, I didn't see that sign. How many of you have said that? Because I have. I didn't see that sign. And you know what the officer said to me? That's because you were going too fast. They got an answer for everything. Peter says, whereby are given unto us exceeding. What does that mean? It's past the limit. Exceedingly great. What does great mean? That's a little bit good. It's okay. Great and precious promises. Now, I'm going to ask you again. been asking this question for over two years. Have you investigated the promises of God in Scripture, church? Because He's given us some exceedingly great and precious promise. What is precious again? Valuable, honorable, esteemed. That, that by these, what? Precious promises. By the precious promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature. Some of us are waiting to get on the other side to be partakers of the divine nature when God's given us precious promises to be partakers of that divine nature right here and now. Precious promises. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lusts. God doesn't give empty promises. You ever given a promise and it was really empty? You didn't really mean it? Or when it came down to it, you didn't really give up on it. You just didn't give it. You just, it was, because it was empty. We really didn't, no, y'all didn't do that. Well, Pastor Don has. I've given promises before that, yeah, I gave promises before that I didn't intend to, I didn't intend to fulfill them. God doesn't do that. Every single promise he gives, his intention is to fulfill it in your life. Not one does he give that doesn't intend to fulfill, because it's precious. It's valuable. It's honorable. God's promises have a huge consequence on you as a human because His promises take you out of this human nature and let you experience divine nature. You ladies, haven't you ever looked at those guys that, oh, isn't He just divine? I never heard a guy say that about a girl. I'm not going to tell you what I heard, guys. But the ladies are a little more proper. Isn't he just divine? What does she mean, isn't he just divine? What does he mean by that? She likes the way he looks and the way he talks and the way he walks. He likes what he's divine. Everything about him she likes. Understand, God wants you to participate in the way God looks the way God walks the way God talks he wants you to participate in that not not just be a partaker of human nature but to partake in divine nature yeah you know I always thought I was good too till I read there's none good but God then I figured out I need to get some of that there's some good I need to get because I don't have it and you know what God gave me some God gave me some. Now, I know some of, you, some of you are thinking, well, he gave you a little, but he did give you some. But he gave me some good because it's part of his divine nature. His promises, his word. See, his promises are his word. Get, you understand? His promises are his word. And they will transform you. Well, Pastor, I've been in church for about 30 years now, and I still had not changed. Well, we're all still changing. But if you hadn't changed at all, little secret to you, you hadn't been in church. You've been playing. You've been around it. You've been touching it. 
You've been walking around. You've been talking. But you hadn't experienced the divine nature. Because when you do, that precious promise is going to change you. Are we still working on it? Oh, God's still working on me. Trust me. Whew. Y'all wouldn't believe some of the whippings I get. I thought I got over that when I got about 15 or 16 and my dad quit whipping me. God said, let me take over. And now sometimes I wish my dad was here to whip me because the weapons I get from God sometimes are a little tougher. But you know what? They're meant for one thing. So that I can increase in his divine nature. He wants me to be, he wants me to so much be like him. Dad, aren't you that way about your, your sons? Oh, I want my boys to be just like me. That's my boy. I remember my dad saying that. Sometimes, you know, my dad was kind of rambunctious too when he was young. And sometimes it, before he whipped me, he'd say, that's my boy. So he had a little brag in there, but along with the brag was, but, but I got to whip my boy. Because that, that, that's because you're my boy. You're like me. God wants you to be like him. Precious promises. Listen, when you take in the precious promises of God, you go from being an alien and a foreigner of the covenant. There's a covenant. We know the, the Old Testament is the Old Covenant. The New Testament is the New Covenant. In the New Testament church that we live in, this arena, in the New Testament area that we live in, in the time frame, you go from being an alien and a foreigner in the, to being an heir of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. An heir to the promises. You go from being a son of Adam to a son of God. A son of Adam to a son of God. What a promise. His promises, they lift you out of world corruption. See, we don't, a lot of us don't think we can actually get out of this human nature. Listen, we're going to always have it, right? You're always going to live in the flesh till you die. Then that flesh rots away. But understand this. There's a nature to the flesh that God can help you overcome and build you in to bring His divine nature in because when the divine nature comes in, it flushes out the flesh nature. It flushes out the human nature. It doesn't mean you're sinless. What it means is that the nature that you have, that in spite of who you are, He still loves you. And in spite of who you are, He still works in you. And in spite of who you are, He's still working on you. Through divine nature. That's a promise. No wonder Peter calls it exceedingly great and precious. No wonder. You hold the promise. Listen, one day. Whoo, one day I get a new body, Eliezer. One day I get a new one. I won't be walking around here like a broken duck. I won't be waking up in the middle of the night and my shoulder's just on fire. I won't be waking up in the middle of the night and my body just cramping. And all of these things happen to me quite frequently. Man, it's tough getting old. And I'm starting to think that the other side's probably looking a little better. Because I'm going to get a new body eventually. In the meantime, I can rest over it. Don't look at me like that, Zach. You're young, and I get it. I, I see everything, brother. <laughs> you just don't realize it. Zach's looking at me like, man, that is crazy. <laughs> when you get my age, it's not so crazy. You got to have fun in church. Let's have fun. Look how red Zach is. I, I love him. Yeah, I love him. He's a great guy. He's going to beat me up after service. So, ushers, ushers, please, because he's going to come after me. 
I understand. I'm going to get a new body one day. So are you. Fashioned and shaped like unto his glorious body. Whatever body Jesus left here in, I'm going to leave here in the same kind of body. Man, when that trumpet sounds, when that angel lets it rip, when someone, you know, there's going to be a voice, a vo- whatever that voice, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just wake up or come on or giddy up, y'all, because we're from Texas. Whatever he says, I don't care. I just know there's going to, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, man, this whole thing is going to fall away. I'm going to get a whole, what a, pro- what a precious promise. I get this spiritual, incorruptible, immortal, eternal, live forever. You know, that's what we try to do. Do y'all know one of the biggest medical uh, boons in the industry? It's been going on for now for about 20 years. In medical industry is cryogenics. Cryogenics. You know what that is? They freeze you. And hopefully someday they'll get the cure and they'll unfreeze you. The problem is they've never proven this. They, <laughs> and so you've got people who are paying literally fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 to be frozen. And so when the cure comes about, so this one lady's 99, and she decided to, why would you want to come back at 99? That makes no sense. I could get if you were 19, maybe you knew you were about, uh, man, because we want to be eternal. There's something innate in you and me. We want to live forever, and that's a promise. That is a promise. One of the prom- precious promises, you will live forever. I'll never grow old. <laughs> never have to worry about that. Never grow. Hallelujah. Terry, will, after, when we're done with this, we're never going to grow old again, are we? Man, forever remaining fresh. You know how that, there's new babies when they bring them home. Now, I can't smell, but I remember when I was younger smelling a fresh baby. They have a very distinct yeah, yeah, not that, y'all are thinking of something else. I'm talking about a nice, clean, fresh baby. Very distinct, very fresh, and very new. Like this is a new, th- that, that man, we're going to live like that forever. With vitality. We don't, we don't, we miss this. We're not going to be sitting up in heaven singing kumbaya, sitting on a stool, spinning around. That's, it's not going to happen. There's going to be a lot going on that we really don't even understand yet. But if we know that in six days God would do all of this, and He's been working on that for 2,000 years, don't think we're going to be sitting around bored. Matter of fact, we're going to need to have some vitality about us because there's going to be a lot going on. We're going to have to have some vigor, and there's going to have to be endurance, and there's going to have to be all of this because there's going to be a lot happening when we get to the other side. Peter says in verse 4 of chapter 1, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Did you know you made that reservation? Did you realize that? Yeah, you didn't realize you even made a reservation, did you? When you were born again, you made a reservation in heaven for an un- incorruptible, undefiled. It's kind of like, you know, I make a reservation on Saturday night because it's our anniversary and it's a special time. And so we're going to make that reservation because we want it to be in a special. 
you got that reservation. Those precious promises are never going to fail. They're never going to decay. They, have no, they, they lead us into the wonders of a new heaven and a new earth. Have y'all tried to figure out the new heaven and new earth yet? Have y'all, what, what's going to be happening? What's going to be going on? What we're going to be doing? I think most Christians entertain that. Bishop and I were talking the other day, and you know, there's so many people that think they have this handle on God, and they know exactly who God is, and what God's about, and all the things about God. And there's there are people, and most of these people are preachers, by the way, that that they think they they can tell to tell you everything about God. Here's the thing: we know absolutely nothing about God. He's given us a book with a with a reservation. That tells us how if we can have a relationship with him, then we're going to get to know. Oh, that I might know him, Paul said. Well, how am I that I might know him in all the things that he's created and all the things out there that I don't understand? No, I just want to know him in what? His suffering. His, I just want to know what it was like here because that's all I understand about him. I can't get any further. Can you imagine what is... Can, no, you can't. Neither can I. Can we for just a minute, though? Can y'all just... I'm watching the time. Can you let your imagination run a little bit about what might happen when we get on the other side? So if my body's never going to decay, had I known then what I know now, <laughs> there's things I wouldn't have done as a young man. But here's the thing. If I know my body's not going to decay and be corrupted when I get over there, there's some things I'm already thinking I'm going to do. Because it's going to have no effect. <laughs> Let's, I'm just we, we just, we don't know God like we think we do. Really, God is not, to understand who God is, we're so finite and I was telling Bishop this morning, I was praying the other day, and I said, God, I, there's so much about you I don't understand. I'm so finite. And God was so sweet. He spoke to me in my spirit, and he said, well, just do the things you understand. How simple God is, how sweet he is, how precious he is to us. He could have said, you idiot, dumb, hick, Alvord dweller. But he didn't say that. I'm not all of those. I do live in Alvord, but there is something beyond us that we can't even imagine. And it's a promise that can never be broken because it's a precious promise. We're all going to be the most precious thing to me. I, I'm really not so tied up in what I'm going to be doing, but you know what? I get to see Him, the one who redeemed me. Everything else that's going to go on over there can be secondary. I don't care. If we stand for a billion years and just say, praise the Lord, I'm good. If we sing Kumbaya sitting on a bench, I'm good. Because I just want to see Him. And I have that precious promise that the one over 2,000 years ago that gave His life so that a guy like me, the old song says a wretch like me, could have the opportunity what a precious precious promise our lord our redeemer our savior so we have precious savior we have jesus christ precious savior we have precious faith and we have precious promises 
do we realize how blessed we really are? Do we realize the abundant life we're really living in right now? The abundant life we're really living in right now? The precious faith He's given us, the precious promises, and we, we have a precious Savior that loves us. And I'm going to ask you today as you stand, are you living in precious today? Are you living in precious today? What is precious? Valuable. Are you living in value that God's given you? Do you understand what precious really is? Are you living in precious today? There was an old man that didn't really believe in flying. My dad passed away. He never flew in an airplane in his life. It's hard to believe, isn't it? In today's. But there was an old man that didn't believe in flying. He wouldn't fly. Uh, he didn't trust them. He, he called airplanes flying death traps. His wife wins a trip to Hawaii. So after much coercion, he goes ahead and gets on the airplane, flies to Hawaii, has a good time, flies back. And when he returns, all of his grown children are waiting. So they start picking on him about, you know, you, they won't, just admit flying wasn't that bad. After all, they said, you had enough faith in that airplane to get on it and fly. He said, no, I, I didn't trust that airplane at all. He said, the whole time I was sitting on that plane, I never put my full weight down on the floor. Didn't, didn't trust, right? Have you put your full weight on Jesus Christ today? You see, that, that's what's precious. When you put the full weight of your experience, the full weight of your spirit, the full weight of who you are, there's a lot we like to hold on to. It's, it's ours. It's us. It's who we are. We made ourselves, and we're here and we've gotten to this place in our life and look what we've done and look what we've accomplished and look who we are and look our children and look at all these things. There's those things we like to hang on to. When Jesus says, listen, just put your feet on the floor. Put, put all your weight on me because he's the precious one. There's nothing more precious than Jesus Christ. And so I'm just asking you today, are, are you living in precious? Do you understand? Are, are y'all mad at COVID? Because I am. I don't know who started it. I don't know what it's about. I'm mad about it. But you know what? Get mad and get over it, right? There's a lot of things we get mad about. There's a lot of things we don't understand. There's a lot of situations that go on in our life. But you know what? We have to move into precious Move into precious. There's, an, a precious. there's a precious, abundant life He's wanting you to live in today. And many of us never put our feet on the floor. We never fully trust that when we do that, it's going to change the way we are, who we are. If you want to come to this altar this morning, that's up to you. I, 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 want, I want you all to understand something. Pastor Don doesn't feel bad if you don't come to the altar, Okay? This altar is a service. It's a place where we've, we've worshipped and heard the word and so we come and talk to God. But, but I understand. There, there are some people that have, uh, you know, they're, they're concerned about things that are going on. That, you know, oh, you're, now you're taking COVID side. I'm not taking anybody's side. I want you to understand that we want to give you every opportunity in this church to pray wherever you want to pray or seek God wherever you want to seek and not, and not feel uncomfortable. Not feel uncomfortable. Everybody should feel comfortable in the house of God when it comes to talking to Him. No one should feel like they're judged. Or so I just I'm just going to open this altar. If you if you really want to 
There's a precious, abundant life that, that I haven't achieved. I, I've been blessed of God, but there's a precious, abundant life that's going to carry me through. If, if you want to come and just talk to God about it, the altar is open. If you want to talk to God about it in your seat, your, your seat it's, that's perfectly fine. But I ask you this morning to just talk to God about that precious, the precious faith, the precious promise, and about Him most of all, a precious Savior. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.